This is Wessler Media. I never kind of dreamed that it would turn into what it has, but I'm happy to, to be a part of it. To know that he saved somebody else's life. There is no greater gift, and that's the power of donation. From Lifeline of Ohio, this is To Be Continued, stories of life, loss, and legacy. A podcast produced in partnership with Wessler Media. The word legacy usually belongs to someone who lived a long life and did many things. But what about belonging to somebody who can only crawl and barely speak a few words? Jack Joseph Kubu was born just two days before Thanksgiving in 2014. He weighed 6 pounds, 14 ounces, and was 20 and a half inches long. Seven months later, his legacy became much bigger. In the midst of darkness and unimaginable grief, Jack's parents made a decision that brought light and hope to many families. The story you're about to hear is very emotionally challenging, but it's a powerful example that there is no greater gift than life. Uh, my name is Joe Kubu, originally from Ashland, Ohio. Came to Columbus uh, for school, been down here since. My name is Suzanne Kubu. I'm originally from South Suburbs of Illinois. I'm a funeral director for Newcomer Funeral Homes. Well, we, I mean, we knew we uh, wanted kids pretty much right away. To feel, you know, the baby in there and um, just you know that's new life. Uh, it's just pretty awe-inspiring. So yeah, we had to roll into the hospital bright and early and... She went into the uh, delivery room and I was sitting up by her head. And, uh, you know, they, they're doing their thing and the doctors and nurses and they said, all right, you know, it's, uh, it's gonna happen here. If you wanna take a picture, take a picture. Oh. And yeah, I mean, it was just... It's quick, man. Yeah, C-sections happens, are yeah. quick. The next thing you know, the doctor's saying, all right, you know, get ready. and. Mm-hmm held him up and said, congratulations, and said, you know, do you want to tell her? And I said, yeah, it's a boy. Those cries, man. That's, that's always the first thing you want to, you want to hear is the cries. And, uh, and he was, he was loud. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he, he looked like me. <laughs> no but, doubt. Uh, but, uh, eyes. Eyes. I got, I have some big, big eyes and, is there a little more narrow and yeah, <laughs> the light hair, lighter hair. He almost looked, Dimples. we weren't, we weren't sure if he was almost going to be a redhead for a hot second. Going, going home when we, when we went home, you know, checking the seat or the uh, car seat to make sure it's installed right uh-huh. and then rechecking it and then re rechecking it again. <laughs> You're just like, okay, we're on our own now, and <laughs> I'll sit with the baby in the back seat. And I was like, you know, you can go the speed limit. It's okay. <laughs> the instinct is to just go super slow, and oh my gosh, and um, so, but it was cute. It was cute. <laughs> I took off uh, two weeks, and then I was back to work, and she took off, uh, you know, the max she was allowed, I think it was about three, three months. months, yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it, it was just, it was tough, it was a complete change, and like she said, you know, your life is not the same anymore. You know, when I would feed him or, or anything, and, 
you know, you're supposed to put them back down. You're not supposed to hold them. And, but yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't an option. So I would cuddle with him and, and, you know, get him to nap as, as much as I could. So, um, but yeah, he, he was such a doll. Suzanne went back to work after her time off and, uh, I was taking him to and from daycare and we would typically get home before Suzanne would. And that was kind of my fun time with him. I'm into vinyl records, so I would, you know, pick out uh, some different records and we would listen to records and, you know, I'd fly him around the room. And I think most of the stuff that I would play for, for Jack, we did a lot of uh, Sinatra, a lot of uh, kind of 50s uh, vocal, showing pictures of all of our friends and family and things like that. Um, just, it, it was it was a great bonding time that I had with him. And, um, when the weather got nicer, we would sit outside on the uh, the porch and wait for mommy to get uh-huh. home. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, would dangle his feet in the grass and just seeing his uh, reaction, you know, the first few times we did that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I just... We like to take walks around our uh, townhouse apartment complex uh, where we where we used to live and, um, you know, just kind of sit on the bench swings and just walk around. It was, it was nice. So uh, one thing that I did and um, I think a lot of new parents do is you take an excess of <laughs> pictures of your first child and... So we've, we've got a fair amount of pictures, um, but I was actually taking audio. Mm-hmm. So he would be in his swing or, um, you know, one of us would be holding him and I would just put the phone on the little recorder option and, you know, I'd snag 30 seconds here or five minutes there. You know, if he was making noises or like you said, cooing or uh, anything like that. So I've got a fair amount of uh, material like mm-hmm. that, but, one in particular that really stands out to me uh, it might be one of the last videos we have of him uh, one morning he uh, he started saying mama 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 Jack mama mama I'm a he was a smart boy I tell you very smart boy I, I was uh, I was at my previous employer, um, and our daycare that we had chosen was a, a private provider, and she had a handful of individuals at her home. And uh, I would uh, I'd drop them off in the morning, then I'd pick them up after work. I uh, was at work, and I got a call. Jack, he's not responding. They're going to be taking him to the hospital. Go to. Doctor's West. Pure and utter dread. The fact that, you know, he he had to go to the hospital. She said he was unresponsive and not knowing. Not knowing what was going on, not knowing the situation. Um, just absolute terror. The moment he received the news, Joe ran out of the building as fast as he could. While he didn't know much in that moment, It's known now that a tragic incident had taken place. After sprinting out of the office and to his car, 
Joe dialed Suzanne. Joe called and frantic and basically just told me that Jack was in the hospital. I didn't, I just, you know, just trying to figure out where he was. And um, I didn't, I didn't even tell anybody I was leaving. You know, we're in a teeny tiny office, so everybody can hear you and see you. So they knew something was was wrong and my one coworker just asked me if I needed a ride if I could drive and I said yes and I you know bolted out of the building um and uh it was really weird so you know being a, a funeral director and everything you have certain pastors that um you know you call upon regularly or see regularly and for whatever reason I decided to call one of the ones that um, we used a lot on the way, and um, he could barely understand me on the phone. I get there, and they immediately rush me into the room where they're working on him, and it's just, it's every parent's nightmare. There's a full team of doctors and nurses, um, you know, you're, you're holding his hand and there's nothing you can do. You're totally helpless. I walked into the hospital and of course <laughs> they, um, they had to search my purse <laughs> as I'm trying to get to the ER. And they find some stupid little pink Swiss army knife or something. And I'm like, just take whatever you want. <laughs> just let me go. So I went um, down the hallway and I saw all the people in the room. I swear I'm not exaggerating that there had to have been 10 people in the room. And I turned right around and walked away. I couldn't go in. So Joe finally got me to go into the room for a little bit. At that point, I mean, they were just struggling at doctors. Um, and they ended up taking him over to Children's. Pretty quick, Children showed up and um, loaded him up. I was in there with him. And uh, the next thing I know, we're, we're speeding downtown. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm sitting in the front seat and, there was one individual in the back with him and I just, I kept looking back, kept hoping and praying for, you know, something. I remember the sitting down with one of the doctors and they were interviewing us and asking us all these questions and, you know, we didn't, we didn't know what was going on and, um, the basically saying that there was swelling and they were trying to see if the swelling in his brain would go down to see if he would wake up and um, eventually they said you know it's not looking good and um, I think that's when I lost it I just, I remember holding her and 
you know, we're both losing it and, you know, we just, we had each other and that was it. Kind of after they said, you know, the outcome doesn't look good and we're going to go through protocol, it might be a day or two, uh, an individual from Lifeline, Lauren, um, pulled us aside to talk to us about um, considering donation. I remember she was very articulate and very understanding very of, of the situation. I, th- I think if my memory serves me, she approached it in that way in that, you know, have you considered organ donation? And I think we both kind of looked at each other and we, we really hadn't. So we talked a little bit about it with her and she gave us kind of a high level overview of things. And we asked if, you know, we could take some time to talk about it. And she said, yeah. So Suzanne and I talked and, you know, we had some concerns and um, we, we knew there was no doubt we wanted to have Jack help someone else. We knew that um, we wanted him to have a legacy of his own. And this was a way that he could live on and he could give back. It didn't it didn't take long um, for us to to decide to try and help. We needed we needed a more positive focus at that point. It's heartbreaking and it's inspiring all at the same time. He was able to to help another another little boy. There's a little boy in his family that that are able to hug their kid because of Jack. You can't, you know, not everybody can do that. <laughs> you know, trying to give somebody else that time that we couldn't have. You know, there's a hole in my heart that'll never be filled. To know that, you know, he saved somebody else's life there is no greater gift and that's the power of donation there's just there's so much that lifeline does that the average person doesn't know about and any way we can help them is a good thing i mean it's a it's a whole other a whole other world, a whole other family, community, um, support system. And I never kind of dreamed that it would turn into what it has, Um, but I'm happy to, to be a part of it. You never completely move on. You move forward. Life doesn't stop talking to our kids about Jack and you know keeping him alive in our stories and our memories and things like that keeps him a part of our family you know and it it really frames life I have a very different outlook on life than I used to you know take the trip that you're contemplating make the phone call that you might not want to make reach out to the people that you know you might be having an argument with and and mend that bridge because 
none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. I know it's cliche, but it's so true. The kids are too young to really get it yet, but you know, it it will have been ingrained since the beginning. You know, this is your brother. He may not be, you know, physically here, but this is your brother. This has been To Be Continued, a podcast from Lifeline of Ohio, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. Production credits, Jessica Peterson and Patrick Klinger from Lifeline of Ohio's public relations team, and Sharon Sindridge, Director of Communications and Public Relations. This series was produced, mixed, sound designed, and voiced at the studios of Wessler Media by me, Vince Tornero, with additional mastering by Joey Gerwin at Orange Judio. While this is the end of the episode, it's not the end of the story. Visit lifelineofohio.org to learn more, or visit the link in the show notes. Because when you register to become an organ, eye, and tissue donor, your legacy may allow someone else's life to be continued. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.